0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Catpick Studios guitar podcast. You're listening to the Master the Basics series where music industry professionals teach us the basics of various skills you need to be successful at your music and help you on your musical journey. In this episode my guest Richard Morgan, who you by the way might best know from the brand Hughes & Ketner, will talk about the importance of social media for a modern-day musician, what platforms you should be on, and we'll also do a few case studies of successful people especially in our guitar youtube community and see what we can learn from them by the way this and every other episode is also available as a video podcast on the catpick studios youtube channel but now to master the basics and richard morgan Well, hello there Vlad here, welcome to my studio and welcome to Master the Basics series. A series where we have a guest that will teach us, well, basics of certain skill. Today we have a really cool guest, Richard Morgan. Well, many of you guys probably know him from Husenketner and, and you are like a social media guy, I guess? That's something like that? Yeah, what's, that's what's your What's your For sure. <laughs> Is that how you would describe yourself?
1: social media guy. Whenever people ask me who I am in relation to Hughes & Kettner, I always just say I'm the English guy because that's what I am. But yeah, I look (laughs) after all the marketing, all the social media, all the artists, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm a social media guy. Why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one. Well, I've been really impressed what uh, that company has done in social media. And that's why I wanted to have Bridget as a guest. And we are approaching this from a perspective of being uh, maybe a band solo artist or, in my case, a YouTuber. And I'm just going to ask Rich a basic questions of like, how do you create an online presence? Why is it actually even important to have that nowadays? And yeah, I'm sure he'll have plenty of useful information to share. So let's start with the first question. I'm a upcoming solo artist band YouTuber, as I just mentioned. Why should I be present
1: on social media? Well, that's a massive, pretty simple first question. And <laughs> I, I would flip it around and say, can you afford not to be on social media? Oh, true. You Good know, point. these days, everyone who is everything, who has anything to do with music is on is on social media, be it Facebook, YouTube, TikTok these days, Twitter, Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that if you're if you're starting a band or if you're doing YouTube, well, you're on YouTube anyway, or if you're a solo artist or something, the only real way at the moment to get your name out to the widest possible audience is through social media. I mean, if you're a band, there are other sites like Spotify, which are technically maybe not social media in the way we're thinking about it. But if you want to build up a fan base and interact with people and build up a relationship with those fans, you need to do that through the online medium, which is social media. I mean, the days where bands could start doing small local gigs and build up and then do regional gigs and do supports and stuff like that, and go into the studio for six months or a year and record an album, those times are gone. <laughs> and those were yeah. awesome times, but it's different now. And you, today, you've got to be on your phone 24-7 doing doing your social media. True. I guess that that that's the downside, but also maybe the upside. Well, the, the positive way I would look at it is that if you're a band or a social media person, an independent person working on your own out of your room as we both currently are right now. Exactly. <laughs> we have the chance in 2020 to reach the whole world just by mm. uploading something to a social media site. Go back 30 or 40 years to classic rock bands or whatever. They had to do it all through labels. We're not saddled with any of that anymore. We can do all this ourselves. We just have to do it.
0: That's, That's actually the
1: pretty exciting, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the possibilities are endless. But, I mean, we also know from, from the other side of all that that social media has its downfalls. So sure. if you go onto it, I mean, even in our kind of guitar gear industry, there have been things that have gone wrong, media shitstorms yeah, that have happened. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, social media, but it's one that you have to fight with if you want to become successful. Do well, I sound like a boring old teacher or is this actually interesting? I don't know. <laughs> Both. (laughs) I'll take that, good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that one. Uh, What social media platforms
1: should I be on? Okay, so from a music perspective and from your perspective, you've got to be on YouTube. Um, I was reading somewhere recently that YouTube is actually the second biggest online search engine behind Google these days. And something like 35% of the whole time spent on the internet these days is on YouTube. So everyone is there right now. So if you're no. doing music stuff, it's, it's the number one place to go to get discovered and to build up a fan base. Like If I look back at my career from a, from a brand perspective, working with Hughes and & Kettner and working with uh, JHS in the UK beforehand, Facebook was really the first social media site that really went massive, and three or four years ago, everyone was on that. But people mm. seem to have migrated now across to YouTube. Younger people are on Snapchat and TikTok and stuff like that. And that's the way to do it. But yeah, for you, musically, I think YouTube is the best way. Because I think a lot of bands these days, they they don't just make songs like they used to. Think about mm. the classic rock bands that we all used to know and love as well. Let's say Queen, Led Zeppelin, whatever. Those guys were like mysterious, you know, almost like from another planet yeah. or something like that, because you didn't know what they ate for breakfast or what they were doing behind the scenes at the Nam show or whatever, but now that's twisted completely. And, you know, if you think about the most well-known people in our kind of little niche in the world, your Rob yeah. Chapman's or your Anderton's or people like that, Rick Beato, you know that yeah. stuff because they're on Instagram every day, showing you mm. what they're doing, that kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's the cool thing about it. You can really have like a one-to-one discussion with people you know me mm. talking to you now and you talking to your fans now it's like you're in the same room just having a discussion it's a pretty cool mm. thing yeah and i guess it's more
0: kind of persona driven now than like a band or like brand driven
1: instead i would say so for sure because like yeah. if if you go to youtube and look at gear channels for example these days a lot of companies are hip to the fact that you guys are pretty good at influencing people to buy shit and it's like when a new pedal comes out or a new guitar yeah. or a new amp or something, there might be 10 different videos on the same day, you know? Mm-hmm. You True. might have one, Rabia Massad might have one, Anderton's might have one, uh, Andy Pro Guitar Shop might have one, blah, 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 blah. Pro Guitar yeah. Shop, I mean Andy at Reverb or whatever. True. And I think <laughs> we gravitate towards the people that we like to watch, yeah. you know? And I know... Mm. For example that if there's a certain piece of gear coming out that is going to be great for kind of modern genti metal or something my first port of call there would be for example rubia
0: yeah
1: because mm. i know that that's his thing it's authentically Rabia, you know so that's how i look at it it's about mm. people
0: yeah uh would you say instagram would also be kind of important i, I don't want to lead you with this question but uh, Personally, I feel Instagram
1: is also like a really important thing for bands. Instagram is super important, I would say. And Instagram Mm. also, at the moment, like particularly during this corona time, Mm. when people are sat at home, it's the ideal way for you guys in bands to go live without Mm. much hassle and to quickly notify all of your followers and just take direct questions and stuff like that. Again, it's about just being able to go quickly online and talk Mm. to people and directly answer them. And I think, you know, if you, if you follow a band and then you see they're on a live stream and you ask them a question and they answer it, then that's made your day, you know? So it's a super cool thing. I mm. remember um, a couple of years ago, we started with Hughes and Kettner to take Instagram more seriously and it built up pretty mm. fast. And um, an- another thing about Instagram is that it has a different demographic of users compared to YouTube, compared to Twitter, Mm. compared to Facebook, you know? What I've noticed recently is that you have a generally older sort of clientele on Facebook, and the younger Mm. people are going to Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. Mm. And so if you want to reach younger people, you go to Instagram. And I think also, depending on where you're based in the world, you also have to think about what site to use for people. You know, Facebook attracts a certain type of audience, but Twitter, for example, is huge in Japan. So if you're looking to become big in Japan and you're in music, get a Twitter account because that's where they all are, you know. And from what I've noticed, again, from a brand perspective, Mm. Instagram is massive in the USA. Much bigger than Facebook for us, yeah. Interesting.
0: So if we compare, like, uh, well, YouTube is obviously creating content on YouTube, but um, like if... If I'm a band, how much that, that content would differ differ from the fact that I would be like a YouTuber? Maybe also like depending on the platform or is it
1: roughly the same? Well, First, I would say if you are in a band and you are dealing with multiple platforms, mm. don't just repost the same stuff across every platform. Ah. Because social media, internet algorithms will punish you for that kind of stuff. I think (laughs) looking at it from the perspective of a band, Instagram is a cool way to do it because you can be very active on sort of a local regional level. Mm. Um, Facebook is cool for that as well. But again, I think it's, if you really want to target people in your area and maybe advertising and that kind of question also comes into it later, Instagram is perfect for that. Mm. The thing is, you've really got to work out who your fans are, who you want to reach, and then work out what social media channel those guys are on and hit them on there, you know? There's no point Ah, in doing amazing YouTube videos if you're doing it on a topic where no fans are there, you know? Mm. If you know that all the fans of your genre or your little niche are on a certain Snapchat or whatever, then you've got to go there, you know? You've got to make relevant content which is relevant for the the app that you're using. I guess from a band perspective, it's uh, might be a
0: bit challenging to figure out who are your fans, I guess. And...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's harder. I mean, these days, Like with music and bands, everything is so kind of genre compartmentalized. You know, when a new band comes out, everyone's like, ah, oh, they sit in this pigeonhole or whatever. <laughs> so you can do it that way. But yeah, it's like if you are in a local band and you start doing original stuff and you want to build out, and find new people, I think spread yourself across two or three different channels, maybe YouTube, maybe Instagram, and a Facebook page, and you'll Mm. start to work out pretty quick where the main interactions are coming, where the main responses are coming from. You know, if you put out a new video for a new song, where the clicks and where the views are coming from, and just push that. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So it's Um, like with you, for example, If you were to release a new track next week, whatever. Well, who knows? I mean, who can say? If you were to do that, I assume you would push it most on YouTube, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was just about to say, like, uh, I have a Facebook page, I have Instagram account, and YouTube. I, I do have a Twitter account as well, but it's it's just there. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say I'm active there but I've, I've noticed that main interaction is happening on YouTube and on Instagram, Facebook is just there so like, if I'm totally honest I'm mostly on Facebook and Twitter just because if I do a video for a company they can share it there yeah sure Yeah. otherwise no traffic or conversation or anything that is happening on Facebook it's all on Instagram and YouTube especially YouTube
1: yeah I mean, YouTube and Instagram both also bring you benefits in that you can directly link to merch accounts if you have a certain number of subscribers. With Instagram, you've got the swipe up and stuff like that, and Mm. that can then lead people directly to your products if you're selling shirts or whatever, or to your music if you're selling music or want to push something, yeah.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's all about finding the right place for you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, how often should I post? That's
1: a good question. Um, And it's one that it's it's hard to know the answer to, but the way I see it is don't set a certain number of posts that you have to do necessarily, Mm. but post regularly. Yeah. So, if you've got 10 posts that you want to do, and you do them across, let's say, three weeks, that's three per week. Keep up with that and keep it regular so that people know what to expect, so it hits mm. the algorithm well. Don't do those ten posts in five days, two a day, and then just go dead for two weeks. Because, <laughs> as I'm sure you've noticed, if you don't post on YouTube for quite a while, you know the numbers just go down, you know?
0: Yeah. It, yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, so you've got to be reliable and consistent in how you post just spread it out across. I would say, uh, that's a tricky one really, depending, because people want so much information and content from bands these days. <laughs> o- on something like Instagram, if you're a, if you're a solo artist or, a, or an influencer or something like you, for example, it's one person, you can be doing stuff every day, like one post on the main Instagram channel and then multiple stories if you've got time or if you've got interesting mm. things to say. And when it comes to YouTube, maybe two or three videos Per week, if you can manage it. I mean, it also depends on whether it's your full time job or if you're doing other things as well, because, you know, as part of my job is social media management for two different brands. And like, Mm -hmm. I do that as part of my job, but you could dedicate your entire life just to producing YouTube videos and still not have Mm -hmm. enough time, you know?
0: Yeah. And it also really depends on YouTube, like what kind of content you make, because Some of the content I make or some of the content people we know make, no way those people could produce even two videos per
1: week. One video per week even might be a struggle just because of the time and
0: effort that goes into those videos.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, some videos might be easy if, let's say you have a new song out and you do a playthrough or something, that might be a fairly easy video to make. But Mm. if you're doing like detailed reviews of amplifiers or different products or something like that and you want to shoot multiple angles or you want to produce a song or something like that, that can get to be a big project pretty fast.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Um, Something else
0: that, uh, well when something i've noticed is that <laughs> once my kind of especially instagram presence grew a little bit i started to get a lot of ads or like private messages saying i should pay for the to kind of get more reach should i do that
1: i would say as a <laughs> blanket answer no yeah that's that's where i come from it might be an old school way of looking at it but um you've heard the phrase pay to play right in the music sure. industry where up and coming bands pay themselves onto support slots and stuff like that mm. and I, it's always something i would steer clear from and unfortunately in the modern era there are companies out there who who promise bands a lot they say oh if you apply to us we can apply for you to get you on a festival lineup or whatever or to get you a support slot with some and such band but it's always expensive and there's no guarantee of success and I think in 2020, you can do it yourself. I mean, mm. these people are trying to do what record labels used to do. I mean, those yeah. people had the contacts to get you in touch with people. But I think it's, it's really not worth it. The, the only advertising I would consider myself doing as, a, as an originals band would be paying for it myself and directly doing promotions myself. Let's say if I you've know. got gigs coming up in a certain place, you can, you can do a small ad on Instagram to people who live in that location. You know, Let's say you're playing in, uh, in London, England or whatever, and oh. you know you're playing prog rock. You know that you roughly appeal to fans who are like maybe between the ages of 18 and 25 who live in London, who listen to, mm-hmm. let's say, Carnival or whatever. You can directly target those people on sites like Facebook. You know, you can put in people's interests. It's a little bit creepy, I have to admit, but you can do it. And then you know that you can reach <laughs> directly the people who might be interested in your stuff. You have yeah. control over it, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. So that's the way I yeah. would do it. Steer clear of people who email you and ask for money, that kind of stuff. It's always a massive red flag if stuff like that happens. Just don't do it. It's a creepy. Yeah,
0: yeah. The creepiest one I've had is like... Uh, services where you could automate your Instagram likes on certain hashtags. So I was kind of giving them control of my Instagram account to the point, and it would automatically like search, search certain hashtags and like those images, which sounds like a perfect way to get your account scammed.
1: Yeah, never, never give your password or login details to anybody. That's like those old yeah. banks internet scams when email was new where people said, oh, I've just inherited $10 million and you're a closely related cousin of mine and I will give you $1 million if you just pay €4,000 and give me your PIN number into this account in a certain yes. country on the other side of the world and then, of course, you've lost everything. Don't do that. Just don't give Wait. people details or logins or anything like that. Wait,
0: are you saying that the Warren Buffett email I got last week isn't real?
1: <laughs> I don't want to break it to you, but yeah. No, that was me. I, that's, that's my second job. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah.
0: Now, now you know who it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to add? I wrote a load of notes, like, preparing for this. I thought maybe um, we could, maybe it would be useful for people who are getting into social media if we just talked a little bit about some of the most successful people in yeah, our part absolutely. of the world and we just use them as case studies and we could say why we think they're successful and how they've done so well, yeah, for example. that's a
0: really good idea. Um,
1: so like, love him or hate him, and some people love him and some people don't like him so much, but he's the biggest guy out there, Rob Chapman. He's, a, yeah, sure. he's the most, in my opinion, the most successful individual who's built himself up using YouTube over the mm. last 10 or 12 years or whatever. Um, he started off doing demos and stuff like that, and he was on the Nam show, and he played for loads of different companies. Like, he used to play vintage guitars. He played for mm. Orange amps and stuff like that, and he gradually built it up and up just through being him, you know? His personality was what drew people in. He's a great teacher. Whatever you say, I, th- I think his lessons are really good. Mm. He is and was a very good player. He knows a lot about gear. He's got a good ear for stuff. And at some point, he got in touch with Andertons, or they got in touch with him, And that blew the Andertons channel up as well, you know? Mm. So his influence was huge. So if you're looking to kind of learn something from how Rob did it, I would say the number one tip there would be just be yourself and just film what you do. Because a lot of the videos from him in the old days when he was building himself up, it was less like a pure music thing. And he would also show cooking videos and videos where he made coffee and videos where he played games and stuff like that. And it just felt like you were just his friend, just hanging out, chilling and playing a bit of music and talking about cool stuff and having a good time. And people would just keep coming back for those videos, you know, and watching them again and again. And I think that was super cool. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you were or are a fan of Rob's at all. I mean, he might be
0: the first YouTube guy I started to follow way, way back. I want to say 2008, maybe.
1: Yeah, something like I mean, that. he so must like, have had an account since like 2006 <laughs> or seven or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's the original, and like he is mm-hmm. one who's had some controversies also recently with with True. what he's done. But he's, you know, he's seems to have risen above them, and you can't you can't deny the success that he's had. You know, he now mm-hmm. has Chapman guitars in conjunction with Andertons. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that he's made a fair bit of money and he's been able to use his channel and his presence mm. and his online power to, to form the band Dorje yep. with Rabia and Co. And they've become pretty successful and had records in the rock charts, you know. I think they were number yeah. one in the UK rock charts on Amazon, so that's proof <laughs> of how powerful you can become. I mean that's an yep. extreme, but Rob has done incredibly well for himself. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, from a shop perspective in our industry, Anderton's would probably be the number one that I can think of. Mm. They've also done it through the people, you know? I mean, originally we had Lee getting together with Rob and they would just do stupid stuff in videos. They would play music and they would test gear. And sure, they were selling everything that was in Mm. all the videos. You know, they want you to buy the stuff, but they were having fun. And a lot of my favorite videos with them, they weren't even really focusing on the gear. They were just hanging out and doing stupid things, and I wanted to watch. I wanted to hang out too, you know? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I would say, more recently, the biggest channel in our little bit is Rick Beato.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Rick has kind of come almost out of nowhere as a YouTuber in the last couple of years and Mm. gone massive. I don't know what you think about Rick's channel. I think it's... um... It felt like a
0: breath of fresh air for more. For the most part, I uh, he definitely has this kind of ca- classic rock guy perspective on things. Oh yeah, <laughs> like um, anything after well, nineteen ninety. Well, well, I like he uses lo- loves to use the titles like, like "What Destroyed Rock Music" and things
1: like that. But he usually, I feel, he always still has like a good point. Yeah, I mean, he's another example of someone who comes from like a unique perspective, which is really interesting for all of us. I mean, he used to produce records. He was, he was or is like a professor at certain colleges. Mm. So he's a great musician and he knows and teaches a lot of theory as well. Mm. And I think a lot of his stuff is also quite advanced. And the fact, yeah. that, the fact that he's online for free teaching people all this stuff is a great thing. Mm. And I also think he's built it up through his personality, you know. He comes across as a guy where you, you know, if you met him at a bar or something, you could just chat shit over a beer about music forever with him. Albeit, you know, music up to 2000 and nothing more and no program drums or anything like that. But (laughs) a super cool guy. And he's someone who has really used YouTube to get bigger in that way. You know, he's super consistent. You know, you'll get a video once or twice a week. He does a lot of live streaming as well, which is also important. Mm. And you always know that the quality is going to have a certain level Mm. with him. There's always going to be some production in it. You might hear some super cool sort of exclusive uh, multi tracks from a big band's recording, stuff like that. It's a reason for people to keep coming back. And that's why I think he's he's so big. Yeah, um, otherwise, there are people who, who teach a bit like Rick, who have gone big, like Tyler from Music Is Win. Or maybe Steve Stein, guys like that. Yeah. And if people watching this are interested in getting into teaching, that's a, that's a great way to do YouTube. You know, mm. I mean, Absolutely. online music lessons is a thing now. You can do it. But if you offer lessons, teaching people what they want to learn, then they will keep coming back, and your videos will get bigger. Yeah. You know.
0: Exactly. If you're and a good uh,
1: teacher.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, to add something on that, some somebody told me like a good point on that. Like, even if you feel this. A lot of channels teaching the basics. There's always new people coming that need to learn the basics, and you could be the guy that teaches them those things. So, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Great, it's like um, I'm a writer as well on the side, and mm. um, for writers, the thing is write a children's book because there will always be another generation of kids coming through who need to read something. You know, yeah, it's exactly. the same with learning guitar. There will always be people who want to learn the basics and you know, historically, the vast majority of guitar players quit within one year, right? Oh yeah, that's so true. So if you're a good teacher and you can keep people at it, then that will keep our industry alive. And I'm all for that. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who else could we talk about? Just as a little case study, um, gear-wise, um, the other brand which sticks out for me of having done an amazing job on YouTube recently would be JHS pedals. Oh yeah, that's you know with Josh Scott. um, Yeah, they have an interesting history. They've made good pedals, and there's also been controversial things about them, which we don't Mm. need to go into. But the fact is, in the two or so years since you know they've really professionalized their YouTube channel, they've gone from nothing to having a super show, again every single week, and you can tell from the comments that you know 200,000 people are coming back every week to watch mm. videos, you know, narrated by Josh with the cool little jams where he's happy to talk about competitors' products, to get mm. the record of the week recommendation and just to chill out with him. Again, I think it's, it's very much driven by the guys themselves, you know? Mm. Josh and his drummer, producer Nick, I think his name is. It, it's just mm. you, you get the feeling that if you were to meet them in person, you could just hang out with them and talk about music and guitars and stuff like that. It's someone you'd want to be friends with. Pretty much. That's how <laughs> yeah. I see it. Exactly. Yeah, just hanging out.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Yeah, so those are the guys. I guess the only one who I forgot from our industry from the very start would be um, Andy. You know, Andy from Pro Guitar Shop now, Andy from Reverb. Mm. He's another one who was demoing pedals for, forever. It felt like since the very start of everything. Yeah. And he's yeah. built up a huge almost cult following around himself, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely following around him, not the places he's been at.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, and he has his own channel now as well and that's that's sure. doing good stuff. And he yeah. was at GitCon and he's Andy, you know, people love him. <laughs> and I'm convinced that no matter what channel he's on or wherever he goes, people will watch Andy for Andy.
0: Yeah, because I, th- he's yeah Andy. I think so too. <laughs> Something else you want to mention?
1: Yeah, I I guess one last point that maybe we touched on a little bit is that um, use the social media channels to diversify and do other things. Mm. I don't think many people these days can live exclusively off one channel. But if you're in a band, for example, you can use your presence on YouTube or Instagram to do wider things than that. You know, you're not limited to just producing videos or stuff like that. You can do tour diaries. You can sell merchandise. You can get gigs through doing this kind of stuff. You can play Mm. gigs online for people through streaming and stuff like that. You can do workshops and clinics and organize meets and greets and stuff like that. So you can transfer the online social media presence into like a real-world interaction with people. And again, interacting with people is the cool thing. People just want to be friends with people. Just... As a final point to that, like as rich from a brand perspective, back in the day when we used to buy guitar gear, you used to see advertising in a magazine for a new Mm. product and that was all you knew, right? If you wanted to check it out, you had to go into a shop to try and play it. If they didn't Mm. have it, you couldn't test it. But these days, you know, I look after the social media channels for Hughes and Kettner, and as soon as we do anything, we'll get hundreds of questions about stuff because people want to talk to us directly. You know? Mm. There is no barrier between the big corporations, the big brands, the big bands, and the fans out there. So use it to get outside the traditional social media medium, but also be approachable on a personal level to people because I think they expect it and the more approachable and reachable you are as a person the more likable you are i guess the more successful you can be the 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 final factor after doing all of this stuff you can do all the best practices in the world but if you're not lucky if you're not blessed with a little bit of luck here and there then no matter how good you are it might never happen (laughs) that's a real bummer downer to end on but (laughs) You gotta get lucky.
0: You brought us up and then you shut us down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Now get lucky and then everything will be good. That's my tip. Get lucky. <laughs>
0: all right. I think that was a lot of good stuff in there. I kind of feel inspired almost, even though Richard did <laughs> shoot us down at the very end. <laughs> no, that that that's the kind of little bit of realism at the end. You can do all all of the things and. Uh, I guess one point I kind of want to add, like, you don't have to be like a million sub guy to be successful at it and be able to make it a part-time living
1: at least, I think. No, I mean, especially in, you know, the guitar gear industry, I think the biggest channels are maybe one or two million or something like that, which Mm. that's, that's a lot of people. But when you look in other industries... If you look at people who do cosmetic and beauty stuff, people who just vlog, people who play computer games and stuff like that, you know, yep. how many does PewDiePie have? 100 million subs?
0: I think he's way past that already, probably. Yeah,
1: so, you know, in other industries about photo gear and cameras and stuff, there's people yeah, with exactly. 20 million subscribers and stuff like that. Um, but I also think that, and it's the same with Facebook as it is with YouTube. It doesn't matter how big the subscriber number is underneath. Like if you've got Mm. 1 million people who don't care, then it's not (laughs) going to bring you anything. But if you've got 10,000 people who are really interested in what you want to talk about and really interact with you and learn from you, and hey, who knows, maybe buy your stuff at the end of the day, then those 10,000 people are worth so much more than that faceless 1 million group. And that, by the way, is another reason not to buy subscribers on Facebook or Instagram because you will just be <laughs> buying fake people from click farms in you know, certain countries yeah. which don't have morals, and those people will not be good for you or your group or your business in the future, so just don't do it. Don't do that. Build up real fans, real people, and go from there.
0: Yeah. That's We're back a on a high point. now. Yes, good. I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your experiences and expertise. Yeah, no problem. I hope a lot of people find this helpful. I certainly did. And again, I feel inspired. That's always a good thing at the end of the lesson. I wouldn't call this a rant, but yeah, like a lecture maybe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you want me to rant, then... uh, I can, but this was this was just a measured we'll, conversation. We'll
0: do a different video for that one. How to on social media? Yeah, that no, can be on a second
1: channel. <laughs> you don't have a channel yet. Yeah, right? I don't have. Well, I actually I made a YouTube channel, so I will have one very soon. It's empty right now. I <laughs> named it Rich Words and Music because I didn't know what else to call it for now. But if you want, you can put the link at the bottom. And if anyone wants will, to subscribe to my channel. Once things happen on there, it will be super exciting, and I promise I won't talk as much as I did in this video. So, come across That's all he says. Enjoy. Says, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, thank you guys so much for watching. Links below in the description to his channel, at least. Uh, <laughs> most likely, maybe. We'll see about that. And if you want to support what I do, I got merch. I got gem tracks, links below to those in the description as well. If you want to check out more videos from Master Basic Series, there's a playlist link, wait, I was forgetting on which side, one of the sides over (laughs) here, and also down below in the description. So yeah, there's more videos from this series available over there. And like, share, subscribe, so other people will be up to speed on social media as well. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Rich, so much and I shall see you next time.